You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast where I'm going to talk about the books I read in September as well as a book I'm looking forward to reading this month in October and what Baby Bookstorian has also been reading over the last month and enjoyed. Before I jump into the episode today, I just want to put a call out for anyone who's interested in being on my Christmas gift guide episode. This is an episode I started doing about two or three years ago where I've invited people who've been on the podcast to share their ideas for bookish themed Christmas presents. This year I'm doing it a little bit differently and just asking anyone and everyone who would like to be a part of the episode to contact me. So you can do that by jumping into my DMs at the Bookstorian Podcast and let me know if you are keen to be a part of it. You don't have to have a Bookstagram account, you can just be a book enthusiast. Uh, Another thing to note about that episode as well is that I am hoping to get that all done and out by December. So if you are interested in being a part of it, please let me know by the end of October at the absolute latest. Okay, here's the episode. And now it's time for this month's reading wrap-up. Turns out September was a pretty slow reading month. I only read two books and that's completely okay. Sometimes that is just absolutely how the cookie crumbles. So the first book that I read in September was the one that I mentioned on the previous episode of the podcast and that is The Only Girl in Town by Ali Condi. This is what the book is about. 18-year-old July Fielding is out for a run one day. Upon her return, though, she feels a sense of emptiness. Her phone goes dead and the world suddenly seems quiet. No people, cars, insects or animals can be heard. Within a few hours, July confirms that she is in fact the only girl in town. Exploring loneliness, relationships and expectations, the only girl in town kept me intrigued until the very end. So I definitely have to note I enjoyed this book, but it was a lot slower than I initially anticipated. So I'll let you know, first of all, what I did enjoy about the book and then what are some things that were its downfall for me. So there were a few things that I really enjoyed about this book. I don't mind a dystopian novel. So I know that I'm not a huge fantasy reader, but I do enjoy speculative fiction, which I know can kind of like dip its toe in fantasy. But for me, I enjoyed that. So it had a bit of like that... I know Hunger Games isn't quite the only girl in the in the town, but that idea of a dystopian world. I also enjoy YA dystopian, and I think it's because YA dystopian maybe takes a little bit longer with the world building and it's a little bit easier to understand what's going on. I will come back to this in my downfall, though. I also appreciated the exploration of mental health. I really felt like the novel encapsulated that feeling of loneliness and how you can feel lonely even when you're completely surrounded by people. It also made me reflect on the idea of we just really never know what a single person is going through. So even though that might be your first negative interaction with anybody in months, that single person could have had a negative interaction with many people throughout the day. So I think that's something that's really important about novels is that they really let you step into the shoes of someone else and see a story from another person's perspective. And that's what this book really did achieve. I think knowing the writing style of the novel and the plot and the sort of full circle feel to it, it would be quite an interesting read to pick up again, knowing what happens in the end. Some downfalls. So some things that I sort of struggled with about this novel. 
So although I actually initially really enjoyed the short, sharp chapters to start with, I quite enjoy short, sharp chapters in a book. I know that um, I don't love them in every single read and they might not necessarily be suited. So historical fiction that I read a lot of, for example, short, sharp chapters don't necessarily work in that genre, but especially in YA or thrillers, I think they, they, they have to be a they have to be there. Um, but towards the end, it was really jarring. And there are loads of kind of jump cuts to use a film term where the scene just sort of shot, chopped and changed so much that it was really difficult to keep up with. It'd be great if it was a film, very easily translates to film. It didn't work for me in the book. In addition, I felt there were a few too many sort of world building hiccups for me. And keep in mind that this was a YA novel. But in terms of the fact that the character never ate anything, drank anything, went for a shower, used electricity, had to fuel up their car, those little bits and pieces kind of took me out of the novel. And finally, I felt like the plot really dragged and there didn't seem to be a whole lot of point to the character's actions. And then the ending kind of just let you, kind of like, I don't know, it kind of left me feeling a little bit blind almost. Um, I'm not really sure whether or not I comprehended what happened. So this would be a great book to discuss if anyone else has read it or is planning on reading it. I'd really like to have a chat about the ending there. Thank you very much to Hachette Australia for my gifted copy of this book. My second and final book for September was Promising Young Women by Caroline O'Donoghue. If you are someone who enjoys podcasts as well, you may have actually listened already to Caroline O'Donoghue on Sentimental Garbage Podcast. She is, of course, a writer as well. Uh, her latest book, The Rachel Incident, seems to be quite a popular one. So if you are someone who also enjoys listening to uh, The Shameless Book Club, you'll also know that they've reviewed that book. And I read that one in June and really loved it. I can't wait for someone else I know to have read it. Hopefully my best friend might read it soon if I force it on her enough. But uh, after reading The Rachel Incident and realising I really love Caroline O'Donoghue's voice, I don't know why I haven't read her other books, I then made it a mission to find some of her other reads and Promising Young Women is the other one that I have been able to find. Uh, this is what the book is about. Marketing assistant by day and agony aunt by night, Jane is adrift. Living in a new apartment after a recent breakup, she seeks solace in the bottle and work. So much so that she catches the eye of a married, much older boss and tumbles into the world of the other woman. I want to say from the top, I found this book really difficult to rate. Mainly because I enjoyed is such a hard word to use, but mainly because I like appreciated the story that it was telling, the way that the story was told and the characters and what in particular Jane was facing. I thought that that was really beautifully done. However, there were a few, I'm going to say like mystery ailments that I found particularly difficult to understand or wrap my head around. But let me focus my conversation with myself. Um, on what I enjoyed about the novel. So first of all, I thought it was a lot darker than I expected. And when I kind of reflected back and looked on the cover, it makes a little bit more sense 
Now, the, the book is certainly a bit darker and maybe even a bit gothic, perhaps. I definitely appreciated the character development and the exploration of power and sex, and especially that imbalance that it can create in relationships and the ramifications it can have on an individual's personal and professional life, particularly if it is a relationship that plays out between colleagues. I am understanding as I get a bit older, or maybe I'm just getting a bit more aware about what I'm reading, is that I really love to read books that are about relationships or are very um, heavily geared towards relationships. So yes, there has to be a plot. Yes, there has to be interesting characters. I don't necessarily have to like those characters and they don't have to have a great sense of character development for me to enjoy the book. However, I feel like that explorations of relationships and then how those relationships actually impact the protagonist or protagonists of a novel. And I think this book does do that very well. I also enjoyed the self-development in this book and that relationship that Jane had with herself, her boss, her colleagues, her friends, her roommates, and how that really then sort of helped to drive the plot and what happened to this character. For me, there were certainly some moments of outrage, particularly when Jane goes to a doctor and seeks help and, and what um, happens there and her experiences there, as well as just that sheer cycle of exhaustion that she was stuck in, where she knew it wasn't right, but tried to justify it to herself anyway. And I can certainly um, see myself or other people in my life that do that where it's like I know that this isn't okay but I'm going to justify it this way in my head so maybe it will be okay or it will make sense. The elements that I struggled with in this story come back to the kind of ailments that the character was facing. There's moments of memory loss above others again trying to keep this fairly spoiler free for you um, that I kind of was like I just don't understand. I, I get how when people are experiencing some pretty hectic things in their lives, it can manifest physically or make people physically unwell. I, I got that bit, but there was just some other bits and pieces. And again, I can't really talk about it much because I don't want it to be a spoiler. But let's just say there were some mystery ailments that the character was experiencing and I didn't feel like all of it was suddenly understood by the end of the novel. Uh, I think, though, that that particular point is what makes this book different from those other kind of, for want of a better terms, like messy millennial books, where we have uh, a recent breakup, someone who hasn't got their life together, maybe they're in their 20s or early 30s, um, but this, yeah, took a much darker twist. So if you are someone who might reach for those messy millennial type reads, I would encourage you to pick this one up for something different. In addition, if you are a fan of Ask Shameless Newsletter by Shameless Media or Dolly Alderton's work, especially everything I know about love and dear Dolly, I think you would enjoy this read because of the agony aunt uh, content that is within it. So Jane is also an agony aunt and you also see her letters that she receives and her answers to those letters and how that sort of impacts and changes her character arc um, and how that deteriorates as the story goes on as well. So overall, I gave Promising Young Women a 3.5. If I did 3.75s, I probably would have pushed it up to a 3.75. But overall, I did really enjoy reading this book. It just sort of dragged a little bit and became a little bit exhausting there in the end. Um, however, I'm still looking forward to reading Caroline O'Donoghue's other work as well. 
Next month's TBR. So I'm going to be a little bit sneaky here and tell you about a book I have just picked up and started reading. It is called Search History by Amy Taylor and I recognized the cover when I was at the local library. It was something that was on my TBR list and I thought, you know what, just grab it. Um, just grab it while you see it. And I'm already a few chapters in and wishing that this is something that I bought. I will reserve my other thoughts for next month when I have finished reading the book. But if you haven't heard of Search History, here is the blurb. After fleeing to Melbourne in the wake of a breakup, all Anna has to show for herself is an unfulfilling job at an overly enthusiastic tech startup and one particularly questionable dating app experience. Then she meets Evan. Charming, kind and financially responsible, Evan is a complete aberration from her usual type and Anna feels like she has finally woken from a long dating nightmare. As much as she tries to let their burgeoning relationship unfold IRL, Anna can't resist the urge to find Evan online. When she discovers that his previous girlfriend Emily died unexpectedly in a hit and run less than a year ago, Anna begins to worry she's living in the shadow of his lost love. Soon, she's obsessively comparing herself to Emily, trawling through her dormant social media accounts in the hope of understanding her better. Online, Evan and Emily's life together looked perfect. But just how perfect was it and why won't he talk about it? So make sure you come back for the October wrap-up episode of the podcast to hear what I thought of search history. Baby Bookstorians Books. <laughs> so this month we have really been loving reading Farm Animals by Angela P. Arhimus. I really hope that I have pronounced that name correctly. Sincere apologies if I have not. And essentially it is a book that has a whole bunch of animals in it. But what I really like about this book is the design. So the animals are really cute, the font used, it's really bright and colourful. There are plenty of animals within the pages of this book and um, I just really like flicking through it with my son, imitating the sounds of animals. He loves the colourful illustrations. There is not a whole lot of text, basically it's just the animals' names, but it's fun, colourful, it's a fairly quick read. He doesn't have a really long attention span with books at the moment. And as I got this copy from my library, I kind of want my own because it's just been so fun and enjoyable to read with him. There are 16 animals in total within this book. And if you're potentially thinking of Christmas gifts or maybe a baby shower gift or maybe even something for your own kids, uh, consider this one. It's also a board book, which is really great, especially when uh, they like to rip the pages. Thank you so much for listening to this short and sweet episode of the Bookstoring Podcast. A reminder to reach out to me if you are interested in being a part of the Christmas Gift Guide episode. You can do that by contacting me via Instagram on at the Bookstoring Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bookstoring Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, show your support by following, subscribing and rating the show wherever you listen, as well as sharing the podcast on social media. 
If you want to go the extra mile, you can shout me a coffee via Ko-fi. It's super easy to navigate and you don't need an account to donate. You can find the link in the show notes along with a full list of all the books and other media mentioned in this episode. Finally, make sure you head over to Instagram and follow my latest guest as well as my bookstagram at bookstorian underscore and podcast account at the bookstorian podcast.